Fellowship, The Deeps, Season 1, Episode, the outro of Season 1. This is the outro episode to Season 1. Uh, it's October 2019. Like, we literally just said to you in the intro that we're going to be here in five seconds, and here we are. So, um, say your so name, god damn you. It's this I'm Tyler. I was playing the Overlord. And to my left, we have X playing Y. Peter, who played Juna Alderon, the heir. Mark playing Prover Ice Claw. Devin as Goblin King! Bjork. Nicole as Marilla the Rain. So I'm going to start off with, I think, my biggest letdown about the whole thing. Um, and that's, I feel like there wasn't enough stuff for the ship to do. I feel like the ship as a concept is really cool, but there were no real set pieces that challenged the ship. I made one up that I think worked pretty well. Which one was that? The one that I soloed. Yeah, where that? there was like the, the hurricane and yeah. all. Yeah, and exactly. You, you know, you went out in like the suit and you yeah. got struck by lightning. Yeah. I thought that was a set piece in the book. No, I, I made that up. I totally <coughs> made that really up. Really great. Yeah, that was a solid um, set piece. So, like, I, I legit thought that was a book set piece. Yeah, and I thought it was fun, but I, w I would have appreciated more, like, from the books. I mean, and even after the Inverse Fellowship book came out, I was expecting to see more ship stuff in there, uh, which I didn't really see. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree on that, because, and, and generally when, I, when, when we make these critiques, I say, well, there's enough examples for you to kind of do your own thing. The book kind of expects it. You can't expect everything to be kind of laid mm -hmm. out. But the ship, you explicitly need more examples laid out. Like, if there were more ship-based, you know, like, using engine or hull, even if, like, even if it wasn't specific for the ship, like, oh, you could use, like, you know, damage a player stat, or if you're using the ship playbook, try it like this. Like, even that kind of advice would probably be invaluable to building those types of set pieces. Yeah. Like, so I ended up feeling like there was no real reason to level the ship, because nothing really challenged it or engaged with it. I mean, one of the things was that once we kind of got to the point where we had our, our sub-character classes, um, we were kind of engaging entire ships by our lonesome. And maybe in a fellowship game where the characters are a little bit less... Like, you know, like the narrative is dialed back a little bit on, on how ridiculous the characters are. It would That would have been much more... We would have been more invested in keeping the ship as, like... Where we're not all flying around. Well, in early sessions, it was tripping us up because sea life would be attacking us and messing with our hull and stuff. Yeah. And that stopped as soon as I took Beastmaster. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. like, this was a game for ships. It was the entire goddamn ocean. So, you know, storms, marine wildlife, other ships, piracy, those sort of threats we, we dealt with in the early game and then we quickly outgrew. Which is a problem because the ship's its own entire goddamn playbook. So you can't really, you shouldn't really be really outgrowing stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel that the ship was really a large play that requires a lot of attention put to it. I don't think we really focus on it all that much because, like, I think we've looked through the, like the three iterations of the ship. I think when we're starting the game, we're looking at the first preview that was really simpler. Then by the time we started the game, it was the second preview, which was like. Really built up a lot more. A lot of moving parts. Yeah, definitely it was like a lot bigger than the first playbook. That was pretty much like a character play uh, playbook. This one was 
bigger, have more stuff. We had to put like 10 people into the various slots of various roles to do stuff, and it was a bit overwhelming, I guess, for a game. You know what? I think, ironically, the ship, because I'm thinking about the ship playbook and how it's written. Yeah. We would have gotten a lot more mileage out of it if it was an RV. Like, the ship playbook can have water options, but water options basically mean you can go wherever you want that isn't land. Like, it's just it's just a straight line. Yeah. Like, sure, you can get choppy waves and sea monsters, but if this is like an RV or like a tank or like that death clock um, hotel they have that's on wheels going across the land, well, then you have, like, deep rivers that you have to go around. You have wildlife, like T-Rexes and rhinos and stuff. You have enemy forces that are, like, people on foot who are, like, setting depth charges or blowing up bridges for you and stuff. Or, like, you know, they're they're trying to get inside the, the ship and board you and fight you. Or just, um, like... You got bad weather, you got border mud. Border patrols and stuff. You got border patrols. You can't be stealthy on land in something like that because it makes a lot of noise and leaves tracks, which don't happen in water. I, I think what actually got us with the ship playbook was using it as a boat. Yeah. Like, I mean, if it was a tunneler... Then all those things I just said for land, but doubled because now you have a ceiling and you can be crushed and suffocated. But with the tunnel, you can collapse the thing behind you, I think. So, like, like what are the... Oh. Yeah, but you can also drill into a geode full of crystal dragons that fight. I, I think the problem is that there are stats for the ship, but there are no stats for things that oppose the ship. Hmm. I mean, well, you're supposed to you're supposed to just throw any stat against that. Really? Like, a was, bunch of dolphins can easily wreck the propeller by putting, like, gum into it and stuff. Yeah. I guess, like, part of the fellowship is built upon, like, that sometimes you might have threats that you cannot face as a single small character. Like, a little uh, s- squire cannot take on an army, cannot possibly harm it even if you can roll it. So similarly could have some threads that can only be opposed by a ship because you need ship-sized cannons. Well, yeah, you. like, I guarantee you, like, a bunch of those ship weapons have area or dangerous on them because they're missile yeah. batteries. Like, you would be using the ship to attack fleet groups of ships and fleets and flotillas. Yeah, so I guess... And we just never got around to it. Yeah, because we build our ship to be more like for... Tra- like, engines, hull, and then cannons, so we, well, like, had nothing. I, I did set up... Uh, a fleet battle for you guys, and then you completely circumvented it. Yeah. By it didn't seem the one swimming in, I mean, whales the, under the water. The one you just dis- yeah. set up, which I mean was, I mean, was was great. We, like it was fine. It was, a, it was a cutting use of of your resources. To be fair, the 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 challenge, like the way it was set up to me, looked like a situation in which putting the ship into directly in. Was yeah. not very like yeah. It wasn't that well figured out. I think you're talking about yeah. the ship above an island, sort of, right? Where yeah. it's like, oh, there's a flotilla of other ships there. Like, okay, that's too much for our thinking little boat. Because I guess like, it was, we definitely didn't have the firepower to even start. Yeah. yeah, it didn't seem to be that well turned enough. So like, could be like, hey, you get attacked by some ships as you're throwing thing. Okay, well then either we try to run away or something like that. So. Yeah, a land crawler mm-hmm. would not have that. Would, would would have to meet that challenge though, because like. You know, you could throw other land crawlers at us. That's that's the common one for one comparison to the flotilla fight in our boat, right? But we can get out of the crawler and like fight men on land and stuff. And like we could also like try to like, you know, fire at armies and like fire at cliff faces to knock them over. The problem with the ocean is the ocean is a big empty map. Yeah. 
There's nothing in the ocean for us to take advantage of with our guns. What would we shoot at other than other ships? The water? Yeah. So what, would you prefer to use the airship and be in the three-dimensional? Oh, I'd be so pissed off if we had the airship. I, this this <laughs> came up in-game, listeners, where we were talking about taking a second alt mode and someone was saying flight. I, I, I voiced how pissed off I'd be if we had to take a flight. Because it would obviate the entire point of the game of us being nautical-like like seafaring heroes. I, I kind of wanted submarine at one point, but that wasn't in that. Yeah, I, I'm almost certain you'd just say submarine. And, like, just take the driller. The also, driller is the submarine. Also, I mean, we got submarines. Yeah. No, but, no, no, but if we had a submarine for the ship, then we go into the water and there might be like things that aren't beasts down there, like magic crabs that are fighting us like the Makra from Doctor Who, or like ancient battle machines, or like having to you know go around old crumbling So temples. I guess if our ship was like another submarine where like we're exploring under the sea on the bottom of the thing. Ten thousand leagues, baby. Yeah. yeah. Giant brass leviathans. But yeah, I don't think the problem with the ship playbook is necessarily the ship playbook. I think it's that water is fucking boring. Yeah. Yeah. I no one should drink I, it. I think you should, you could, um, maybe it could have been, like, there are ways to do it, but we never really... Yeah. We were all kind of busy doing our, doing the thing, stopping the thing. That's another aspect. The, the ship playbook does have a lot going on, because it's very customizable. There's a lot of options. I don't think you'd ever get the same ship twice yeah. with people playing Fellowship, which is good. But it's a lot of moving parts when you're already playing a game that puts you under the gun. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I get it. But that might just be how we play it. Like For maybe other fellowship groups aren't quite as... I don't want to say rushed, but they aren't quite as focused. Yeah, for us, yeah. it seemed that the whole ship was an afterthought to the point like, hey, this ship has like two level ups waiting for us. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so it turned into a floating magic meeting room for us, really. Pretty much. If I um, were to run Fellowship, like I'm, I'm thinking of doing it now that Inverse is out, we've had a second game of it. Uh, I would definitely include the ship and just... I have ideas on how to utilize it. We, uh, every time we run way, Fellowship, I, we iterate. I'd love yeah. to run Spellman. Spelljammer's a good idea. I had an idea for just like, like land based. Because. Like non water based in the ship. Because probably like the ship information with the horizon would be interesting. Like, oh, it's yeah. all about travel, it's all about stuff. You could also do like cheesy, like pulp science fiction, you know, like the whole yeah. like 70s bullshit. Yeah, stuff. it would be an actual like bubble cockpit RV. I think well, Transformers that would be something one of the other yeah that was an idea too I had for the next Fellowship game that was the Horizon you would have an Autobot vessel that was the ship and the Horizon would be different parts of the Milky Way so Tyler um, one of the other kind of issues I had is that I like I really like Fellowship I like it as a system it's really fun to play um, but I found that it really hit a hard limit on eventually you just hit a power level at which point the game becomes irrelevant. Yeah. Like you guys escalated to a point where it was impossible for me to challenge you. I think that's because it was so battle focused. Okay. I yeah, I like how I see it, we this game of fellowship was really combat focused and fellowship itself isn't a game that's combat focused. So may be trying to. The, the stakes I, were always, we destroy them or they destroy us. I mean, okay. So we did a lot of fucking talking. Yeah, we, we I did. I really tried to take yeah. it away from combat at multiple points, but and those were the most successful ones, like Marilla's village being attacked. Yeah, 
but you you still have to have it at some point. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Can I just sort of make like an observation? One of the things this I'm new, really really new to the system. Um, you've got so the core kind of like mechanic for resolving problems in combat seems to be roll courage to get a uh, unless you're an orc. I know what you're gonna say here too. I, I, yeah, and I have a counter. Keep them busy. Keep them busy, and then advantage. and then finish them. Actually, maybe not. But like, what I think is get the, advantage, rule, finish them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the thing is, there's nothing like sort of like like that that sort of describes what is a good way to hit a resolution for the non-combat aspects. It does because uh, literally finish them can be used with grace to yeah. talk to them. That's how I recruited so many. Yeah. Them and stuff. No, I, I, I get that, but like I mean like like the non-combat aspect of it. Like the actual abilities for sense and, and wisdom when you're So you're talking about speak softly out. and uh, look closely and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so so I, I had remember reading you talking about this earlier and I'd actually in my mind prompted like a, not a rebuttal but like just a response. So there isn't a core combat loop in Fellowship. Like, advantage, finish them, that's... A conflict. That's just the game itself. All things are advantage, finish them. And you don't just get advantage by keep them busy. Like, keep them busy isn't the advantage generator. All the moves generate advantage. They just don't explicitly say it. It's just how advantage yeah, works. Because advantage is rewarded by grabbing fictional... I don't know what you're doing with your eyelid. It looks like you're rolling your eyes, but it looks like you're just cleaning yeah. it. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's freaking me out. So, sorry. It looks like you're just going, oh, this asshole. No. In like ultra. Yeah. So that's kind of the thing. Like any one of those moves when employed in a more sort of like, not diplomatic, but a more exchangey way can generate the advantage you need to finish them and make them see reason and join your side. Or make them run or make them cower or make it. them frustrated. In the first edition of Fellowship, you only go to the for keep them busy or look closely. And that was more than well, the second edition fixed that. So, uh, as I was said, like you could have a whole sh set piece showdown that's all about a debate or whatever, where we don't change blows. You're just like, oh, I start persuading, I'm talking sense to them to get an advantage, then I finish them with wisdom to see my reason, so on, so on. Like Phoenix Wright, like you know how the yeah, Phoenix Wright yeah. works. That's fellowship. That is constantly going back and forth and building advantage and trying to finish and take yeah. down parts of the set piece that's until it falls apart and you win. Yeah. You could rewrite the Kraken set piece, which we start every Fellowship game with. It seems yeah. to be the tradition now. <laughs> you could rewrite the Kraken attack to be like a social situation. So theoretically, in the game, if you did use like sense too to like notice something because advantage, yeah. that would be, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because all like... of the moves, and you don't even have to use the moves. You can just roll like, hey, like like this was suggested when we were trying to stealth with Marilla, and it's like, how would we stealth? Like someone later on when we were talking about because we couldn't figure out what move to use. So like, well, don't use a fucking move. Just just roll with it. grace. Yeah. Yeah. Well, roll with grace. It doesn't have to be a move. The moves just inform. The moves trigger when that specific scenario comes yeah. out. But if you don't know what you're rolling, or, you're like, use your grace step. Yeah. Or there was a situation where you were finishing something and you just had advantage because you were airborne yeah. and yeah. you were attacking yeah. from above, and you didn't need to like do a keep them busy. You didn't need to like roll anything for it. You just had advantage. And that advantage wouldn't even generate for the flight if, like, say, this was a debate. Because yeah. no amount of flying is going to give yourself the moral high ground. <laughs> I have the power of a thousand suns. Right? So, but yeah, definitely like, I think that may be a little bit missing for the Fellowship book is like, like, what are the beats of a 
uh, session? What are like? The, how do you do? You know, the, stuff? the second edition has an actual like thing in the back that explains the beats of. Oh, neat. Yeah, there's like a whole FAQ at the back that the the, the creator put in to talk about like common problems people run up against and common ways you should be handling them and kind of just what the flow is like. Like, even now after like 20 sessions of fellowship, we just learned that, you know, how hope works. Yeah. Because it was vaguely worded and what have you. I, I don't know. I was, I know, I was arguing for that well, interpretation from the start. Yeah. From like Transformers, I think. Yeah. So yeah, Tyler figured it out. We just didn't because, you know, sometimes yeah. we're sloppy. Um, I'm not gonna hold that against fellowship. I, I just assumed that it was something that you're supposed yeah. to have, like a lot. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, when you roll with hope all the time, it's yeah, it's you, so you never fail. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was more yeah. that it's it punishes you for being separate, not that it rewards you for being together. Oh, no, you roll with despair if uh, you're working together and don't have bonds. Yeah, which is three d six drop. Only keep the lowest dice. But then neither of you could have bonds with uh, each other, which. It's kind of hard to do because you're constantly making bonds. Yeah, we, again, I feel like we didn't exploit bonds enough. Yeah, we didn't really do that in this game that much. Hard to, again, to find the balance, like, oh, how often should we bring bonds? How do you break when Fellowship has, like, three bonds with everybody else? Like, oh, okay, how do you address that? Yeah, I think think the main thing that keeps tripping us up from forging bonds is we fucking record it in a Google Doc. Yeah, it's um, a bunch of overhead to like quick like like if we had character sheets in front of us, I'd just be like Bond Marilla and like write out a quick couple of words and be like boom, that's it. Yeah. But like with the Google um, Doc, I have to go to the tab. I gotta type it up, spell check it. I gotta make sure it's yeah. formatted. And yeah, it's on a Google Doc. Sometimes we just forget to write them down. Like I I tried to push to have NPCs interact with you guys, um, and like there were times where like see we me would like do a scene with you. Or Adila would like do a scene with you, and it would happen, and you guys would do stuff together. But we just didn't record a bond. For yeah, it. it didn't occur to me to do that. It's, uh, but it was also again. It's probably okay that we did because if it came up again, it's like, oh, how many bonds do you have? And it's like, well, we have that whole scene, and you just say, well, that was probably a bond. We just didn't write down. Yeah, the game's very forgiving about it. When it comes to with other PCs, though, it's like. I already have like three with everybody. I don't need any more. Like I don't want I, any more. I'm not. I'm not gonna just keep going oh, back and redoing them unless yeah. like they become a Yes, we should play the squire so we can start burning them for fun and profit. <laughs> oh, yeah, like we yeah, squires good. Yeah, squires really. Um, yeah, coming back to combat. Because I remember Tyler, you had uh, one observation about combat. If you're high in blood, you're pretty much ace in combat because if someone tries to catch you, you overcome, and then you can just finish them with blood to kill them. And that's your yep. entire combat loop. Yup. If you're a so, goblin, you don't even have to uh, get advantage. If you're an orc. Yeah. Yeah. Dwarfs have got a, the other dwarf thing has a move like that too, where it's like if someone comes after you directly, you can just just wreck them. Yeah. That orc thing isn't an option. It's the default yeah. thing all orcs get. Y'all get fucked. Blood in that is strong. And if you do something like orc boss, it's a nightmare. Uh, and I was really disappointed with the titans. Um, because, yeah, they're supposed to be, like, big and powerful, but solitary and not in groups. But anytime you guys face them, you were able to just I mean, take I them out instantly. we had a discussion that Dragon's Rostrum as well, where someone saying, oh, Titans aren't bad because you suppo- you're, suppo- you're not supposed to have an army of Titans because they're not that big. Again, I think that comes down to the, again, Fellowship is fiction first. If you have something that's, you know, 10 feet tall, 
a little squire shouldn't be poking it and doing damage to it because it doesn't they can't have the means points. to it. But it's not really conveyed mechanically anywhere because it's supposed to be up to interpretation of like, can you damage it? So I guess it will be more of the GM calling, okay, you're attacking with your bow. It, it deflects, does nothing, you don't even roll. Yeah, because. but I mean, like, that yeah. that doesn't feel fun to yeah. me. Yeah. To, like, have a player be like, okay, I'm gonna, like, fight this thing, and me be like, nope, yeah. you can't. It's, it's, it's um, what do you call it? It's, it's a balancing act you gotta play. Definitely. I guess it's still kind of, like, the most fun army of the Overlord is the organization. Oh my yeah. god, the organization is very yeah. flavorful. The organization is very good. Inverse yeah. Fellowship doubled the number of organization options, and you get them all when you pick the orc. Yeah. So if I did Tarantulas again, he would have double the amount of goons. Yeah. Well, again, because this option is so much better, flavorful than all the other ones, if you pick anything else, your game is sort of suffering from it a little bit. That's fine. Not uh, everyone wants to make 50 unique NPCs that yeah. they only get one of. Sometimes you just want 30 fucking 30 to 50 feral warriors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, you kind of like engage as much as like, hey, okay, this army that's a bloodthirst that is just going to attack and just going to murder people. Yeah, but some people, yeah. when they're in the overlord, they don't want to do a bunch of yeah. organization. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a huge mental overhead. Yeah. Like, even with the ones I had with Tarantulas, I had to keep flipping through this list, and I had to format it, and it was this whole thing. It was a lot of work, actually. And then I had to remember their personalities, and their goals, and objectives, and if the Overlord liked them or not. Yeah. This whole thing. Yeah. I guess another thing about how we deal with combat, I didn't like how uh, we got so many cuts. And I think also the combat flowed a bit differently than we did last time, and maybe it was a little bit worse for it, because... When we run it in Transformers, we, I think we followed the other with like, you do stuff, when you fail, the cards come your way, and then we shift over to someone else. Over here, it was more like, okay, this happened, this happened, this happened, how do you react, how do you, how do you react? It kept switching over, and sometimes like, oh, okay, well, what are you doing? The new cards coming, and, and I'm like, oh, well, like me and Pooper have to dodge three cards in a row, because it kept coming back to us with a new cut. So it didn't feel all that great, but again, yeah, that's... It, it, it definitely was actually two, two sides of a spectrum, because yeah. when I was doing the Overlord cuts, I was like, I'll wait for them to, to roll low, like the book says, and then I'll serve up a cut. Didn't really happen a lot, so you guys were always kind of topped up for resources. So now On the other end, you, were just, you just ground us down in that early game, yeah. which is essential. I guess, you know, since we, now we won't have that hope for everything, that might balance it out. And Assholes might fail once Yeah, that would really yeah. change the dynamic. Yeah. It's a balancing act. You don't want to be too permissive, and I use permissive loosely, and you don't want yeah. to be too... Dickish? Um, Hardcore? Restrictive? Restrictive, yeah, that'd be the nice neutral word for it. Because like, if it's too open, Peter and I are going <laughs> to... We're going to sniff around for every exploit weakness yeah. possible. By our nature, we'll just do it. Yeah. And we won't mm -hmm. even mean to like ruin things or make things unfun or take away the point of it. Yeah. But it's just where we lean towards. But if you go the other way and you're like, oh yeah, you're the squire with a bow, well your bow can't hurt the giant ever. Go fuck yourself. It's like, well that sounds super fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe he's like, okay, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go up this tree and like, you know, get kind of middle distance and try to shoot the socket where the power core is. It's like, oh hey, that's good. Yeah. Like, I have an idea for a next fellowship game I want to do for Exalted, where if you'd muddy the water, so there would be clear cut of like who's on good side, who's on bad side, then 
come up with me more about engaging with the people. Like, oh, there are some writers, and then there's, there's police, and there's some people agitating both sides. Okay, who do you want to take out? It'll have consequences either way. Yeah, so, I, I think where Fellowship really shines is in the set pieces. Mm -hmm. And I think what yeah. you're describing there would, like, be the right. set piece that you would devise. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it's a shame that there's not more of them. And I know that the creators talked about how he'd love to make more of them, but they're so hard to yeah. come up well, with. Well, there's, there's Fellowship, there's Inverse Fellowship, Fellowship and Rebellion, and the fourth one coming out is generous um, fellowship. A Generous Fellowship, which yeah. will be packed with NPCs and set pieces and I think any of the playbooks that didn't make it into the first three books. Yeah. So in a bit time, we should have a panoply of three more books with set pieces, Inverse, uh, generous and rebellion alongside the core book. I hope this gets released as a package thing because I, I want to. I might want to buy a soft uh, like a, a for the Kickstarter. At some point. Uh, for the Kickstarter, I got the, the full fiscal tier, so I get all four books in my little like yeah. Book. Not anytime soon. Yeah, when they're actually like a year or two. But the set pieces are also where you can engage in things in like a kind of like non-combaty kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Um, set pieces are great. Good thing we learned they can't be finished. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's not a thing. That first <laughs> yeah, I just throw, the throwing fucking yo yo at it. Well, but then again, it was like on to engage with all that much. But you're right, set not only are set pieces crucial, you need to have set pieces and you need to have either not two entire set pieces, but mm. a set piece and then like another objective inside of it, so they're both pulling you in two directions. Yeah. You, you I, I think what we're finding we're, we're, we're refining to is we're not trying to overload, we're not trying to let the players get by easy by like, just never spending resources. And we don't want to overload with an endless amount of cuts and monsters. The real sweet spot where the game sings is, yeah, is, is throwing like one or two combined set pieces and be like, hey, you want to do this objective, but there's two different ways to do it and they're both very weird. Mm -hmm. And you got to be creative and deal with it and there's a ticking clock. You know, hey, the Overlord's General's right here and he's doing stuff, but you can't get to him because he has goons with them. And on top of that, this set piece is happening, and it's putting other people at risk. Now you got four different things you got to worry about. Yeah, I also think that if uh, you had one player playing the Nemesis, that might also balance the party a lot more because then you can like dial things in a little bit more. Especially if they'd be like running parallel to everybody else, and not just like, oh, I'm with the overall around with the fellowship. Oh but, like, my god! If you have them doing something else that could cut both ways, you could run Goro Majima as the Nemesis. Who? <laughs> in Yakuza, there's a character called Goro Majima, and he's obsessed with the main character for various reasons. Uh -huh. So there's, mechanic called, there's this mechanic called Majima Everywhere, where you'll, you'll be walking on the streets of Kamchuro, and there'll be like a giant traffic cone, which giant traffic cones exist, and you'll get close to it, and he'll flip over, and it'll be him, and he'll have a knife, and you'll be in a fight with him now. <laughs> or you'll go by a trunk to check, you check car trunks for goods, every once in a while the trunk will flip up, and it's him! <laughs> I mean, that's... The nemesis shows up on scene! Well, that sounds like, you know, some sort of threat slash... Um, I think Overlook has one of the other ones called Team Rocket, where they yeah. always show yeah. up. Yeah. No, no, Goro's like a full-on character on his own. Like, he's a full-ass, like, flesh-up no, character. I, I, I'd argue that Team Rocket is a, is a character. Because they're, a te they're the team playbook into a... Like the no, like, like Team Rocket's a thing the Overlord has. Yeah. It's a move you can take where you have goons that always come back, never oh, die, okay. and the Fellowship, they can forge bonds with them, but you can burn them at any time, because go fuck you. Go yeah. fuck yourself. Oh, uh -huh, I backstab you. Oh, no. Yeah. No, Mashima would be the nemesis playbook, because he teams up with, with Kiryu when their interests align, and he like, gets back on the right yeah. track. 
So hopefully with our exalted thing, we'll see how that goes. I mean, I'll, I'll play the Nemesis player. That one, I already booked it. For your game. <laughs> You're GMing that. Someone's gonna run Fellowship, and I'm gonna play Goro Magic. What game? Nemesis. Uh, Goal. Stroke. That, that exalted fellowship game, we're still ironing out the kinks. Yeah. And also, anyone who has a chance, go play Yakuza 0. Uh, and Yakuza 1 Remake, and Yakuza 2 Remake. <laughs> They're all pretty good. But okay. I so, I guess let's... I mean, they'll know. By the time this comes out, the 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 the, 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 the um, Magic the Gathering that takes place in Ravnica game, where we all play cops for the Ravnica <laughs> guilds, and I just oh, played no. Kazuma Kiryu, I even at buffet skills, that game will be up by then. So, maybe let's talk about our characters yeah. and stuff. I think this stuff about Fellowship is pretty good, though. Like, yep. all, these things, not all of them are, none of them are deal breakers, none of them are super bad, and most of them can be fixed with us. Like, we can fix mm -hmm. these problems. We're still no, I mean, like, we've, we've put out a lot of criticism, but I think we all really enjoy the system. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, it's solid. definitely a little better than all the other Power of the Apocalypse that we played thus far. Like, yeah, you know, I'd give it to it. Like, I, I like Broken Worlds and I enjoyed the Veil, but Fellowship has has it sinks because we've been complaining about oh, get advantage, finish them, get advantage, finish them. Versus in other Power of the Apocalypse, I reach heavens for violence, I finish them, finish them, finish them. So at I, I least honest, there's more stuff. I honestly think like those issues are all. Um, oh, and, and Legacy too. Like those issues all show up consistently through these games. I think it's us. Like I think it's it's us doing that. Like we we buy into that loop without exploring the fiction around the loop, mm -hmm. and that's what's causing us grief. Maybe. I, I, I don't know if, if I can run another fellowship game, not not the exalted one, just like a fellowship game, and then see if I can kind of try to avoid those things, and the game actually works without being like a like that kind of loop. I'd be comfortable saying that it's us, not the game. Yeah. And not even in a malevolent way. It's just actually, it's kind we of... have a very specific way we play games, and I think we're rubbing up against that yeah. part of Power by the Apocalypse. We still haven't worked it out in our heads. Yeah. It took us a while to get Power by the Apocalypse. Yeah. It's funny, like, there's actually one Powered by the Apocalypse game I actually experienced from beforehand that kind of... Was it Worldwide Wrestling Federation? Yes, yes, that was one I was going to mention. And, uh, yeah, I mean, in that one, the advantage is that you already know who's going to win beforehand because it's been decided by by, by creative, and then the match ends at some, mm -hmm. some, some point. And that one is explicitly, explicitly so that the... the it really is the journey to get there. Like, you've got to build a good yeah. match on it. Exactly. So, Characters. yeah, Fellowship in a Hole, I think, uh, yeah, still holds up, still super psyched about it. I still want to play it more. Like, we just did two campaigns almost back to back. We did, actually, didn't we? Like, we did, we did Transformers. Mm -hmm. Did we play anything in between Transformers and this? Yes, we did Sprawl Legacy. Yeah, yeah, we, 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 we kind of, I mean, we dipped our toes in. Yeah, that's what I said, like, like the Drinking Bird. We Drinking Bird dipped into kind of each of them, just yeah. trying to, yeah. Yeah. Um... Characters. Yeah. Alright. Um, like... Uh, I want my character to be a little bit more pacifistic slash not kill everything like in the previous ones. <laughs> and that was, like didn't pan out all that great in the game, unfortunately. You were um, a real wiener. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> my character is specific for 1v1 and non-command encounters. And since this game featured a lot of... Let's fight these guys that are constructs and don't want to talk to you. Like, well, that didn't pan out, unfortunately. But eh, that's partly on me. Plus, yeah, 
like the air is an interesting playbook again if you want to be social if you want to do that stuff but also suffers from the problem of like being able to just steamroll through everything like hey i don't need to talk sense to anyone here they're below me so therefore i mitigate all of these problems i go directly to the person in charge and Oh, and so on, so on. also, at any time the Overlord showed up, your character was a terrifying freaking weapon of ultimate destruction. Well, yeah, we didn't, I guess, feel how powerful he was in the first encounter with the Overlord. Because, you know, being able to rip the stats is quite powerful. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, yeah. The Let's talk Overlord about just got smacked. <laughs> Yeah. Let's fucking talk about we could have it. No, no respect for the boy king. We could have yeah, finished this on like session three or whatever, but we decided let's play a bit more from this game. It was I fun. Mean, we had the same problem in Transformers where it's like, huh, oh, by session four, you guys could, you know, fucking rush it and murder this guy. Yeah. And it's like, okay, let's let's actually play the game. Let's let's enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. His mistake was engaging me one on one. Yeah. Then I played my trap card. It's always the mistake. It is always a bad idea to engage the players. That's why overlords don't do it in fiction. Yeah. That's why they have people for that. So yeah, that's one moment he managed to shine, and so on, and so on. Yeah, we we wrecked the overlord by that last session. We destroyed all his stats just by. Yeah, showing up yes. with his weakness, and then a new weakness, and then Boy King being the weakness of the Overlord as well, so that three stats down. That was quite interesting. Mm -hmm. So, anyone else want to talk about their characters, how they enjoyed it, didn't like some things? Eh. Yes, Poover? Did you enjoy playing Poover? I, I'm just gonna say eh. I mean, I liked some of the, the roleplaying aspect, it, yeah. was, it was a quick, easy way to do that, but uh, again, I made a character who wasn't super... At, at talk at the talk to talk, um, and you were really good at digging, and you did a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, should have gone Ordorf. Yeah, when uh, when every when every uh, when your best tool is a shovel. <laughs> yeah. Ordorf would have been insane with that weird digging power. Because I mean, then you could dig through time and shit. I that's a thing. They, that, that's, I think that's, that's his example. It's digging through like air and time, so you could have dug yourself back five minutes before you were murdered. Oh, look at Tyler. I dig through the scenes that appear behind the overload with a shovel. Right? Look yeah. at Tyler. He looks so Plus, fucking also, because <laughs> that, that would just just totally make time travel. Let's give the PCs time travel. That can't possibly happen. Plus, comedy. also, you're a digging character underwater. You that's can dig through water. Yeah. No, but I mean, the. Yeah, I just sort of took it because it just sort of made sense for the for, for a badge. That's the only reason I took it. Oh yeah. So how's Goblin King? We're done with Dwarf. I thought we were still done with Dwarf. I mean, I don't have anything really to add. It's I could have taken the I fighty power and made made him more fighty, but like he's already one dimensional. Kind of I felt that Dwarf had like gaps in it. Like nothing, nothing. All of the characters should usually have something that really defines them. Like, the air's yeah. trick was being able to just have people do his bidding. Uh, Marilla had the weather control, and that was unstoppable. <laughs> and, like, Orc not being able to be mind-controlled as one option, and then automatically getting that weapon system made them just, yeah. like, a terrified the, the, ex the, the I think the role that I chose, the explosives or whatever, was actually pretty weak. I mean, what can you do with explosives? Like, we're on the water. Well, right? I mean... It's I mean, just you chuck them up armies or whatever. I don't so. even think it's that. There were plenty of situations to use it. I just don't think they were very good. Mm. Um, it basically amounted to damage a trait mm. that you can use two times before you have to rest up. Yeah, I can see that. 
it just it just felt from an outside perspective that the dwarf playbook wasn't giving you much to work with. You had iron, they could tire them out. Iron's pretty cool. It, it's I don't know. I didn't feel like your character was really one dimensional. I, I no, I don't, think, were, I don't think they're one dimensional either. I just I, I just thought the playbook the playbook was yeah. giving you a yeah. that, that that's better. I, I didn't think there was any kind of like like so a lot of things have like the elf for example has an ability that's like. Oh well, whenever you're in town, you can play your your loot, and people automatically like like you, even though you're an, an obnoxious, or can be invisible, jerk, and snipe people. You play such great music. Mm-hmm. Um, like you do Iron Blast, right? Yeah, Iron Blast on there, and then like the dwarves, they got like their abilities tend to be a little more limited. Like digging, again, it was helpful, but it wasn't like it's not like every situation you're going to resolve with digging, um, where it's going to. You resolved a lot of situations with digging. <laughs> yeah. Like Stoneboard, <laughs> the one immediately under that is when you stand on solid ground, you cannot be knocked off your feet or moved unless you want to be. That's a power right there. But we were in an audible game. And you can stop anything trying to get past you by keeping them busy with iron. Anything. Oh. That's huge. When you're on solid ground, folks don't care. It would have been really ground. funny against the Titan. Yeah, the Titan or another boat. Folks don't count on solid ground. Yeah. You can just dig it up. So, Goblinking. Or, uh, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so the orc was astounding. Like, I'm shocked at how well it played out. When I first read it, when I first played the game, I'm like, oh, the orc seems kind of boring, whatever. And then, you know, when I was shopping around for builds or for, for concepts or for things that I want to do, uh, orc is a nightmare. It's like the most effective playbook in the game next to the air right, and the squire. Yeah, I think the, like the critics like, discovered as like a little bit overload-ish. That he's all about destroying things and what have you. That has those teams going on. Yeah, the thematics of it are fantastic. Yeah, and the fact that it plays off of like the the agendas are be a rebel, uh, capitalism, or destroy beautiful things. It's like <laughs> oh man, there's there's a lot to unpack here. Am I the bad guy? Right, and like, like, yeah, yeah, one of the options right off the bat just makes you immune to the overlord. Like. When someone attempts to enslave, control, intimidate, terrify, or command you, you always act as you please. The overlord can't use the moves twist the knife, fear me, or an offer you can't refuse on you, and your people are immune to the heir's core move, a yes, my axe. axe. A mad axe. A slave obeys. Yes. Yeah. Right? Like, it's an crazy. An angel has no memory. An angel has no memory. Fucking Barbarella up in there. Uh, but the other options I could have taken are equally astounding. Like, children of fire. Uh, you never take damage from fire and heat. And you have the burning tag. Just you. You as a character always have the burning tag. <laughs> that means you can always start fires. Everything always does burning, and you're always in control of like fire stuff. Basically, neat. This is an option you can take other than being immune to mind control. What a fuck me. And Beastmaster was ridiculous. Yeah. Beastmaster, Master. I think, is actually pretty neat. <clears throat> um, all I, in all, y- y- it sang because this game was literally nothing but water. Yeah, but. I don't know, man. If that was Transformers, Transformers takes place in a post-apocalyptic landscape. The wild environments, like there, there, there are animals it's, in Cybertron. It's very setting dependent. Yeah, and like it, it just happened to go super well in this just, because it was a wild fantasy setting. Personally, I also think it would have, I, it would have been a little bit better if it hadn't been paired with. Um, I mean, it was very good. Um, don't get me wrong, but with a character who is kind of more designed to like. Uh, a character who doesn't specialize in blood, because there you can already finish people and do it do it 
and do that amazingly well. Yeah. Whereas the yeah. ability is, seems to be more designed to characters who are like druids, halflings, or the squire. Little, yeah, the squire who can like as an orc, I can just have companions, so you know. Well, once you once you become different, they they do something. It doesn't matter. What I'm trying to say is, as an orc, I could burn my weapons, which always refreshed, uh, in exchange to uh, finish someone without advantage. So I don't need advantage to finish someone. As a Lord of Beasts, as long as I had advantage, I could automatically finish them and animals would take them away forever. You see? I could do both at that point, And it was yeah. actually not super great. Yeah. It, it, was, it was really fucking with... Um, like, if I had gone Warlord, oh, it would have been a different game. It, I mean, it was more just annoying because I could no longer send Beast against you. Yeah, get fucked. Because it would be like, oh, fucked. I want to send some wolves or some sharks or something. It's like, no. God, I love that. I love that the most. Between <laughs> between your two playbooks, it was just like... Yeah, on the other hand, though, like, if, if you were just a charismatic person, he could have, like, any people that you sent against us. Against us. I mean, yeah, yeah, like, if I had done the leader class, I could have done that to literally any person you sent, like Ace or... But at least that's a little more roleplay. It is. I like that I had Command Lore over Beast because I, I use that for maximum roleplay. Immediately yeah. as soon as I got the ability to Command Lore about the world's natural world, I started to talk about how the world was getting goblin-y and creepy, and that had so much implications to what was going on. Yeah. I mean, I love how like, the tides turn the moment you realize, wait, I can't take this on the fifth level that I am right now? I've already taken it, and I, I didn't understand how taking advanced class worked. So I thought I needed to wait a level, but I was already two levels into it. Like, I screwed up how that works. It's like, oh, no. Uh, that twist was so great. Uh, that was pretty good. I didn't understand the rules. I was already... <laughs> no, I'm endlessly fascinated by the fact that one of the playbooks lets you just take away Command Lord from the Overlord and give it to you. That's crazy. So, um... Come here. All of them do that, I think. Wait. Time. Uh, it's 11? It's like below 15. Alright, uh, do we want to do the pool and then just wrap? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I don't really have much more to say. Go, I also don't really have much to say. Did you enjoy playing your rain? Yeah, it's really fucking powerful. With the Guardian, yeah. And then Guardian played. Yeah. Well, it was powerful in and of itself, and then with the, with the Guardian, it's fucking unstoppable. I'm everywhere. Go fuck yourself. Um, Indeed. It's a little bit ridiculous. Uh, I like that her and the Overlord uh, knew bones. each other from beforehand. That added more. And it came up. It came it up a off. lot. And um, it's good because I didn't really have a whole lot, like, character-wise for this character. I was like, oh, hey, the rain looks cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hi there. I, I really how don't did, have anything to say. How did you enjoy playing the Overlord? How does it feel now that you got to play? Uh, I mean, it was it was good. It was fun. I like. I, I've already talked a bit about how I felt like the Titans were underpowered for what they were. Um, Plus, I think all the bookkeeping book I don't think would like keep me up. Like, okay, you should be knowing that you know the overalls in this and that. And that. We just like skip. Yeah, I I that. did not keep up on my bookkeeping. Yeah, well. yeah it is a bit of bookkeeping. Um, Even when I was doing tarantulas, it was a bit. Um, and I I feel like there's like a hard like 12 session limit on how long you can run a fellowship game for because mm. at that point if people are leveling up they just hit a degree of power I mean to which it's just that's how we play because every session 
every advancement we picked, you know, level up for the yeah, last one. Yeah, and I think that's a good strategy, and it, it pays off. Um, but it does mean that there is like a hard limit on what the Overlord can do to you, because eventually you reach a point where threats to the world don't matter anymore. Yeah, maybe. And should... once you hit that, it's like, like what can I do? Like I was, I was really expecting that last, like, big fight to be, yeah, to yeah. be much more challenging <laughs> because you were facing three generals who were all threats to the world with an army, yeah. and then at the last minute, we kind of like that new book dropped and we got the new abilities, and all of a sudden it's like, oh well, the rain is everywhere, and the oh. rain makes threats to the world not matter. I mean, threats to the world means you just have to pay a price, which means our deal be which a bit would more have tax. been huge. Three prices, anytime. like yeah, three yeah. generals, everything that you did to them, you would have had to have paid a price. Like it would yeah, have been it would have out, a guess. way more difficult fight, much more so. resource intensive. Yeah. Now, I, I kind of ran into the same issue, but I, I think it's our playstyle because I've seen fellowship games go longer than this. Yeah. I think it's just I think it's just how we play, and like you need to find a way to incentivize the other two advancement options. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the the goal with us running this game is just finding. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, and I, I kept I... asking if we could do other things because my character was resource capped for the majority of the game. And until you got resource capped, no one agreed to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, now all we gotta do is it so it hits multiple, people, not just Nicole. Maybe. And I really tried to, like, grind down your resources. Oh, you definitely did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, also, maybe, I don't know how, how many actions you're getting towards the end. I don't really totally cross the book there, but maybe just grabbing the pillars right away. I don't know if that would have. It's like, the question is, like, I mean, got most how much. There were eight and there were two left. Yeah. Yee. He got most of them. I mean, yeah, but the overall it's still like for the ultimate of the game, he's designed to lose and so on, so on. So like, also Tyler was fucked because one of the players couldn't be cut by him. Yeah, you. Like I couldn't be affected by most of his tools for fucking you guys. Yeah. So he really was facing down four players who could only ever touch three of them, and he couldn't get into melee with that one because that one permanently destroyed stats. Also, I miss rolling dice. <laughs> oh god, do I not miss that? I fucking hate rolling dice. It makes me angry that I have to roll dice. I like rolling dice. God almighty, do I hate it. It's my favorite part of being a new I don't want to fucking roll things. I just want to do shit. I don't want to have to think about characters and initiative and shit. I just want you to do something that I respond. Alright, but I guess we gotta wrap up here. So, yeah. Or, uh, if you want to just head out where you just I mean, Does anyone have anything else to say? I kind of want to talk more about characters and stuff. Okay. If that's alright. So maybe. Well, I'll just quickly, yeah, just quickly. Alright, we're back. Mark, Mark had to go because it's late, er, and buses. Okay, um, so speaking of Overlord, um, since also we didn't engage that much with the plants, we didn't also engage with like saving communities versus the source of power. We're going to be just focusing on one rather than the other, unfortunately. Yeah, like, we, we really have blinders yeah. now. It's like also like my kind of they had to be like, oh, more like we have to save the people, we have to protect them. We're like, eh, that unfortunately didn't come up, slash, we didn't have time for it because everything was in a time crunch, it seemed. I also didn't really telegraph very well, like what the Overlord's plans were, which was kind of a failing on my part. Mm. Yeah, it was something that just kind of like 
I think it got away from us. Yeah. Also, it was interesting, uh, like in the second session when we went that big ship, it was like just like a sideline from the actual plot and we spent so much resources on that place for like no good reason in the end, we didn't get anything out of it. What place? The big ship, the ghost ship. Oh fuck yeah, that was our biggest mistake there, we burned through shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I, I like I felt like it was like a, like from like a, a game perspective, it was a good experience. Oh yeah, no, it was a it good was session. Very good. It was but, fun, and we did get a lot of use of the but, It's not us in game, but like, it's like, hey, there's a fucking giant yeah. house. <laughs> there's Sauron Sour over there destroying the world, and we're stopping by, you know, Tombo Baden's place for some, you know, things. See, so it's through the. Threw us like out of the loop a little bit because like we spent so many resources so early on, so we had to recover more to give the overlord more, you know, time to do everything. I suppose. Was kind of interesting, but yeah, it's like if it was like say a source of power we could have seized to do something that would be at least worth it in the end, I guess. Or if this was like the horizon where we could just fuck around do whatever, that would also be great. But it being like nothing of like not to our cause in the end, I guess that eh, but what do you Um What else should we think about? No, I think that's a fair point. We Like yeah, when you're playing better. against the overall you can't you don't, you don't have time to be distracted because everything's so much on point and everything's like limited, I suppose. I don't think it has to be though. I think I think if we change the gearing like like the, the, the intensity of how the game is run, you, we can get away with still spending resources, still needing to be conservative, but still being able to take time to enjoy the world. Yes. I, just, I mean, if I you just choose think... not to level up every time, yeah. then the Overlord doesn't advance his plans as quickly. Yeah. He does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's where he gets the plan advancement. The Overlord advances plans from recovering and from leveling. Yep. Yeah. And advances plans so he can actually take those sources of power. Yeah, yeah. So, find a way to get players to pick the other two options, and then leverage that. Yeah. We seem to be really hyper-focused on the leveling lap, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I came into it because I, I, I wanted to get through the Destiny playbook, I wanted to yeah. see the play, but most of these characters don't need level-ups. Like, the orc doesn't really need a level-up, because you get two moves to start with from the custom list, so you can build what you want. So I, I think it comes, it comes down to the players, because the players are the ones that choose the options. So they have to go, hey, we don't want to make this game go super fucking fast. We're not going to choose advancement options at our levels. We're not going to move the Overlord up as quick as we can, because in reality, we control how aggressive the Overlord is by constantly leveling him. Yeah. Yeah. So the more he levels, the more aggressive he's going to get. Hmm. And you lose sources of power, and he gets closer to winning. Yeah. But also since like we made sort of power really easy for us to find, that might have also shut things up the loop because as I understand in the basic fellowship, sort of power should be like rare and hidden and I mean they're finding... only eight in the entire game. They were pretty hard for us to get to. I mean yeah. Because like I think the yeah, basic fellowship, like if you wanna find something then either that's like say a fellowship move from Sabian community or you spend time doing stuff which is a little bit dumb which means overall gives to move stuff. 
out. It's uh, neither here nor there. I, yeah, uh, we worked a little bit outside the framework. Yeah, I was fine with the sources of power being known to everybody. Because it's not like we even took advantage of that knowledge. Yeah. Like, we didn't even go to them until the very ending. Yeah. Because we were saving people and shit. Though, what it did do, defining them so concretely, meant we could create new ones. Hmm. Yeah. But whatever. I had an idea for a Final Fantasy game that was just, like, basically Final Fantasy 1 slash 4, where it's like, there are four crystals, like, four elemental crystals, and there's four underground crystals, and there's four moon crystals, and, like, those are the sources of power you have to find. Yeah, I have this vague idea for it. I'd, I'd have to give it some actual tooling. But, <coughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it's because we rushed leveling so hard. Yeah. And we did it in Fellowship 2 in, in Transformers because we didn't know any better. Yeah. But listen, I like that, uh, what was it, Session 2 or 3 when we stayed at that village that was supposed I, to be I love that set piece. That was really great. That was cute. Yeah. Where they where they keep like making up the adventure tower. Yeah. No, I, I mm -hmm. fucking love that set piece, and I I, I I was trying to find a way to work in Transformers. I couldn't get a fit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, like I said, the, the set pieces make the game. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That was a great one, and, and again, just like in Transformers, session two or three is where it really kind of clicked. Yep. Okay. Anything else we'd like to talk about? Um. Goblin King? Like, Goblin King was, was a little high concept for me, because I was trying to continue that idea we had from Victim of Pistol and our old games from back in our hometown, where we tried to say something with goblins. So, for, for reference, if you haven't listened to a Victim of Pistol or any of the micro-rants hidden among the other content, the idea for goblins comes from Kender. For people out of the loop, um, there's this D&D setting called Dragonlance, and Dragonlance has their own version of hobbits that are legally distinct called the Kender. Kender look like children. Kender do not feel fear. Kender are kleptomaniac thief people. Kender, uh, and everyone lets Kender get away with it because they're so pure and innocent. So in Dragonlance, Kender will just rob you. Like, like you'll be staring at them and they'll just take stuff and, and hold on to it. And they don't realize they're doing it because it's in their nature. And everyone's just supposed to kind of tolerate it. When in reality, the Kender would have been burned at the stake to the man. <laughs> like, especially in like a D&D &D fantasy subsistence society. Yeah. Like, we're not super good to other humans for having stereotypes about being thieves. <laughs> this is an entire ham-fisted race of actual thieves that actually steal. They actually are the stereotype. Like, 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 like they're real. It's not just ugliness and racism. They're actually like that. So, the thing is, is that Kendra are obviously like an author favorite writing. Whenever people want someone to be insufferable and cute, but everyone tolerates it, they make it a Kender. So we took that concept of something that's insufferable that no one would deal with and no one would want to deal with and turned it into an actual like people and how that would be intelligent and cohesive. That's kind of where goblins come from. Goblins don't understand society. Goblins don't write history books. Goblins don't fear death. Uh, they don't understand ownership. They don't understand the self. They're always very outward facing. And everyone's so, and they're not one people. They're a bunch of different peoples that all have this trait. Like, if you take the idea that learning how to use fire and being like uh, like like architects and like building societies is an actual developed trait that people pick up. Goblins are the people that never do. They're like Neanderthals. They're they're just this kind of offshoot that still exists. 
And yeah, I don't know. I think they came across pretty well in this game, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, I feel like I didn't get to use goblins normal enough, but it's not like there were a lot of times where I was not there and goblins were. I, mean, I think also we could have benefited from like you explaining what goblins were supposed to be beforehand instead of like in the moment when we were meeting goblins. Yeah, I, I wanted to write up a quick little thing about them. Like I, I did do some short stuff, but n nothing comprehensive. And it's hard to do comprehensive stuff because that's boring. Yeah. I don't want to write out a whole Google Doc about it. I just kind of want to talk about it, spit all ideas, and get abstractions across, and we'll hope how... to get it as as close as possible from there. It doesn't have to be perfect. Also, like Goblin, he was quite domineering. Whenever he get into some argument, they were just like you know, shadow people and. Yeah. Have you? Goblin kings are a thing. They're a biological thing that happens. Yeah. There are goblins that can plan ahead and do understand the course of history. And they're fairly miserable about it because their job is to be the boss. Jordan, did you just say you were Oh, God. That is my new favorite meme that's now in our games forever. Well, <laughs> can't do that. Can't do what? No. Sad? Like, he's like, hey, are you sad? And then, like, point out a gun to shoot them. <laughs> uh. Fucking Lord Nicole. That was... Amazing. Golden. Fucking gold. <laughs> uh. Gold tarnished black. But yeah, uh, that was kind of the, 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 the big idea thesis. Make something like Kender and make them a little more realistic. And make them sympathetic, but not in a way that you'd ever want to be around them. Goblins are a nightmare. <clears throat> I like the Overlord. Yeah. Your order was relatable. Like, I, I know I said this exactly in these words in the game as Goblin King, yeah. but he was relatable and sympathetic, and therefore you didn't want to destroy him. Yeah. And you wanted to show him some sort of restitution or redemption. It wasn't interesting that, you know, the Overlord of the Dragon was so similar to also the Builders, the Heirs, whatever, that, you know, they all think the same because, hey, they're sort of related, so they're following the same thought patterns and what have you. My headcanon for this world is that everyone used to be like goblins, and the dragons are the ones that, that like, raise some of them up into builders. Yeah, that fits. Or wall builders. Like, not... Because builders are, are Peter's, the heirs people. Goblins use the, the slang wall builder to mean people who build walls, both socially, economically, and physically. So all of those, you know, enlightened races, like elves and the Brock folk and the builders and whatever else we didn't encounter that have societies and build statues. Uh, my head can is the dragons did that. And it bit them in the ass. <sighs> they taught them colonialism. <laughs> <sighs> Which explains why you have all these kind of weird offshoots that don't quite fit in. They never were part of that. Anything else? I don't think that's I think I'm pretty good. Alright, well, it's 11.30, so yeah, let's, all right. let's wrap it. I was Tyler. And Peter. Mark was here, and I was Devin. Cool. And this is sponsored by Nobody. Signing off.